Welcome to the Portrait of an Artist podcast, where each week I'll be diving into the stories of the artist behind the art. If you've ever wanted to know more about your favorite artist, everything from how they became a professional artist to some of their biggest rewards and challenges in creating and selling their art, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Julie Davis. My guest today is Greenville, South Carolina artist, Lacey Hennessy, also known as Lacey Does, because if someone asks her to do a creative project, she goes out and figures out how to do it, and she does it, hence the name Lacey Does. She is my first muralist on the podcast. She does commercial and residential projects. And if you haven't checked out her work yet, you need to fly over right now to her Instagram account to see what she does. She is an expert at branding and marketing, so much so that she often doesn't really need to reach out to anyone to get continuous projects on her plate. You're definitely going to want to pick her brain by listening to this episode. So let's get started. Lacey Hennessy, welcome to the Portrait of an Artist podcast. I'm so excited to have you today. And one of the reasons is because she's my first muralist. Now, she doesn't only do murals, but it's a big part of what she's doing now. So I'm really happy that she's taken some time out of her busy schedule to join me today. Lacey, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. I think you just got back from a trip, correct? Um, yes, I, I love to work really hard and then I take off for a while. So I was in um, Spain, Portugal, and Greece for a couple weeks. Nice. Yes. Okay, I went to Portugal when I was in college and like mm. was astounded. Like you just don't hear much about Portugal, you no, know? And I, I've spent some time in Lisbon before and then we went to the like the Algarve area. I, I Over my travels, I go alone a lot and then I've met so many travel friends. So I have a friend who owns a bar in Southern Portugal. So we all went to see him and got dinner and everything. So it was just nice to be like kind of a local in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a really beautiful country. Tell, <laughs> I would love to know your history, I guess, to becoming a professional artist. Like what things along the way, even from early childhood, led you to the path that you're on now as an artist? Oh gosh, even from early childhood. Well, I'll start by saying I'm completely self-taught. And um, my path to becoming an artist, I guess you could really say, stemmed around um, wanting more income and tapping into skills that I had that could potentially bring me extra money. It was not a path that I set out to do. It just kind of fell in my lap, but um, I've always been kind of a, a hustler, go get it. If I need more income, I find a way to get it. So um, in college, I, I went to Clemson University and I painted fraternity coolers. It was like for date functions. And I found that I was really good at them. And there was a lot of girls around me who weren't good at them. So <laughs> I, started a little business without really calling it that it was like a, a hobby, but I thought it was just helping people and making a little extra money. But I had posted all of the pictures of everything I did on Facebook. And one day I was sitting in accounting class and this, I was like, what should I call my business page? And this kid who I don't even know was like, Oh, Hennessy in the home. So that was my business name for a little while. And then when Instagram <laughs> came out, I kind of moved everything to there. And I was in a corporate job doing corporate event planning and 
one of the greatest things about my story is that I had a really supportive boss who is now really a mentor to me. And I kept asking for raises at work and I wasn't really getting them. And I had a very transparent conversation with her. It was like, how can I make more money here? Or I said, can I even make X amount of dollars by the time I'm 30? And I was 28 at the time. And she said, no. And I was like, thank you. Because it was such a great way for me to get a terrible answer, but to know that I wasn't working for something I could never obtain. And so we had a great conversation about what I could do to make more money. And she ended up giving me Fridays off with no change to my salary, but to focus on my artwork. Wow. So that was, yeah. So that was extra income. So it was a really nice stepping stone. And then eventually she said, when you want to go, she saw over like the course of two years where I was working a side hustle and my full-time job, you know, I'd come in from work at 5.30 and paint till 10 p.m. or 11, making these little commissions that I was doing all through the way of Instagram. And then eventually I asked for another day and sh and I became a part-time employee there. So it was a very good transition for me, but it was a year, 2018, I went full-time by myself and my first mural was until 2019. And that was just because I put on Instagram again, I want to do a mural this year and Tipsy Taco and Clemson reached out to me. And so we saw you had a goal and we want to help you achieve it. So it's really just kind of rolled and rolled and rolled down this hill and the snowball has gotten bigger and bigger. So it's been really exciting just to kind of forge my own path and figure it out as I go. That's really neat. It sounds like there's been some people just like on your side really? that have helped you move forward with what you wanted yeah. to do. That's super cool. So for people who aren't familiar with you, tell me a little bit about your murals and just explain your style and yeah. So I, the way that I work my murals and you can kind of notice what's mine between somebody else's is I use a lot of outlining. Um, I always joke, all my murals are super colorful, but black is my favorite color to use on a mural. It's normally what I go back with. I'd say it's very whimsical, very bold. It's busy. There's always a lot going on. And I kind of honed in on my style over the past two years, just from people seeing my previous work and saying, we want something very similar. So I, early in my career, I was a yes girl. I said yes to everything and my artwork, none of it looked cohesive, but I was just doing anything anybody asked me to, to kind of find my path. And so just like my like origin story, so to speak, it's just kind of evolved over time, but definitely colorful. That's, that's my big yeah. thing. I love, if you came into my house too, it's patterns everywhere, lots going on. And that's just, I'm a more is more gal. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain a couple of murals you've done recently? Yeah. So, um, I do both interior and exterior murals, both commercial and residential. So uh, I'll do anything from man caves inside people's houses that are very like college football centric to um, a children's nursery that might have a, you know, a bear comb in his hair, like a lyric out of a, a children's book or something. But I'll do large scale buildings. I have a, a two story mural in downtown Clemson. And I also have one on the side of Run-In coming down Washington Street in Greenville, South Carolina. That's motivational. So it really, I've been in dentist office, just all over the map. And where I really shine is when people have a vision and they're like, we want this to come to life. And they give me a list of things they want to see. And then I can creatively figure out how it all comes together. Is there a particular um, type of location that you like working at the most? Like the bigger the space, the better? Or do you like more residential murals? Or is it just like all great. Oh gosh. Well, I'll say it depends on the season because I have worked in some like 104 degree heat. And yes, I saw your Instagram post about that. Yes. I felt so bad for you, but you had such a good attitude about it, at least on camera. 
Yeah, no, I get it. And the, the thing about it is that I'll be like up on like an electric lift. And sometimes I'm like, who, who are you? Like, for me, it's the sense of accomplishment. And I, I work fairly quickly. So it's always I just take really great pride in, in what I make and the fact that I show up at a place, it's blank wall. And that I've been given a God-given gift, but also have really worked hard at something to make it all happen. So for me, it's not even the sense of place of where I am, although I do love doing anything coastal because I get to like enjoy myself at the same time. Yep. But yeah, it's just turning nothing into something and seeing my client's reaction as well as just being like really excited to, to just feel accomplished. <laughs> The other thing that kind of struck me, I think I was watching a story or a reel from you and you were like, it was a time lapse and you were in the electric lift and you just, I feel like you just like own your space. Like, I feel like I would be so scared to be on that thing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you my first mural when, when Tipsy Talker reached out to me and said, we you want to do a mural. I just went to Google and I literally typed in like how to paint a mural, how to price a mural, what materials to paint a mural. Wow. And I just kind of looked around and my my thought process i've always been a fake it till you make it gal and i thought you know what i want to do a mural i can figure it out like a million people do this like how hard can it be i'm going from something smaller to bigger and it just figuring out step by step and once i got in the space my first mural i also had to use an electric lift so the whole thing was just a learning experience and when I was in there, uh, it was during their construction phase. And a lot of the guys that were in there were like, I don't know how you do this. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know how I'm doing it either. But <laughs> it just goes to show you that you're hired to do something that someone else can't do. So as long as you go into anything new with a mode and a mindset of one step at a time, you'll figure it out. Like that was just my plan. Like if something doesn't work, I'll come up with a plan. And I've always kind of been like that in any I used to do wedding flowers and things like that and I know nothing about horticulture like I so it was you just figure it out as you go and that's still my mindset I learned something from every mural I do now for sure mm, I love that it sounds like you're up for adventure yes and you're a risk taker I am, I am. <laughs> so what kind of materials do you use to paint a mural I'm really interested yeah. So I use, I love Home Depot. It's like my second home and they have bare products. I also use Sherwin-William, but mainly just exterior um, paint. It's highly, you know, rated for good UV rays. So if, if even if it's interior and there's a window shining on the mirror all the time, and also because, I mean, you should see my house, it's like covered in quartz of, of paint. But so I use consistent products along the board. Now, if I'm doing like a commission for someone, which they still do, I'll use golden and Liquitex paints that are, you know, a thicker acrylic, but acrylic mainly is my, is my main gig. And I'm assuming some spray paint as well. Yes, I have dabbled. And that was, again, just to figure out how I can do things easier. You know, I paint on brick and stucco a lot and painting on stucco is basically painting on something with a million holes. It is a lot of just dabbing your paintbrush often. So I said, you know what? There's got to be an easier way. And so that's how I started using aerosol cans. But um, I still have a ways to go to get really good at that. People are just mind-blowingly talented. But I say I graduated from YouTube University because anytime I want to learn something, <laughs> I just go to YouTube and then I find someone I'm like, ah, I need to learn everything from them. So do you do any individual pieces anymore? Are you mainly focusing on murals? 
I do. And I still, that's still a commercial outlet for me. I'm about to do a large commission for King Arthur Baking Company. They have a pop-up coming through Greenville locally. And so they reached out to four artists to do um, 36 by 48 size canvases. Wow. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll take it to other pop-ups along the way. So it'll kind of be like a mini gallery that they have that's like continuing across the nation. So, but yeah, I still do pet portraits occasionally. And I have always, my business started by doing house drawings. And so I have a bunch of realtors that use me for closing gifts and, you know, Mm. they're a hundred dollars on my website and I still sell prints. So I, I find that it's best as an artist to have multiple streams of income. Murals have obviously been my bread and butter, so to speak, but it's, I like to offer different price points because there was a time where you know, I couldn't afford a bunch of big art. So little things were in my house and I just want to make sure I can still do that for people. Yeah. I love that. So how many years have you been in business? I guess it was was really organic, but yeah, I was officially full-time in 2018, but legally I started my LLC in 2016. Okay. So as you look over the arc of your art career, what do you, I would love to hear one kind of big challenge you might've faced and, and how you moved through that. And then afterwards, one big reward that you feel like is just amazing because of the career you have. Yeah. my Well, my biggest challenge, obviously, is starting from nowhere. I mean, I had no experience. It was just a hobby of mine. And I really, in the beginning, I compared myself to a lot of people. And I that was my biggest pitfall because the moment I stopped caring what other people were doing and stopped thinking of them as competitors is when I really started to shine because you can't help that. Right. And so I'm originally from Maryland and I was living in a town where I felt like all these local Greenville artists were doing so much better than me. Their, their family names were recognized. Nobody knew who I was, yada, yada. And then I started realizing that, um, you know, that's not going to (laughs) change. You know, I'm not, no one, if I want to make a name for myself, I have to figure out how to do it. And the biggest way I've overcome all of that has just, and the best thing that has helped me in my business is transparency. My Instagram, my TikTok, nothing is ever salesy. It's never like buy this from me. I've never, I'm really asking someone to pay me any money. It's all about just building my brand from transparent conversations. One, I've tried to make myself an expert. You know, I I teach people how they can make their own murals and I show patterns that would be easy at home. I talk about the business side of art. So I've built this community of other artists that look to me Mm -hmm. while at the same time, clients that are hiring me are looking at me like, man, she really knows what she's talking about because I'm so forthcoming. And then I show the great part of my job, which is everything, you know, I get to create. And I also talk about the bad days where I'm like, Ugh, you know, I'm not motivated and yada, yada. So I feel like, you know, the biggest thing was not worrying about what other people were thinking of me. And I think when people, especially women start new businesses, we're so concerned about what our friends think, or like, do we look stupid or, you know, Oh, what if, what, if, especially art, what if I post it and someone doesn't like it? You really have to stop caring because First of all, friends and family always want a discount. <laughs> so I want to sell to people I know. I want to sell to complete strangers who actually value what I do. So that was the real shift for me that changed it all. Yeah, yeah. And 
you know, everybody's on a different place in their journey too. Do you know what I mean? And so when we're comparing ourselves to other people, you know, you could be on year two and that person's on year 10 and struggled to get there. And there's just so much behind the scenes that we can't see, you know? And and so that's another reason to just kind of let it go, let it go. Sure. And I have found great camaraderie in other artists, both locally and across the nation. Like one of my great friends, we call each other internet friends. We finally met, but she lives in San Diego. And through that, I have, I'm on a large text chain with like 15 other muralists across the country. And we're constantly talking about what's working, what's not giving each other business. Mm, I have muralists here in Greenville who my aesthetic or my look is definitely not the same as somebody else's. So when someone comes to me, I had someone recently asked for like a really realistic historical mural. And that's just not my, my look. So I can easily say, Hey, this guy here in Greenville, he also does that. Um, Mm. So reach out to him. And it, and it just creates a nicer community when you're not butting heads, but you're rather like trying to help everybody. Cause for me, that's also why I'm really transparent about how much I charge. And I just love talking about money because I really feel like the entire industry could rise with the tide together if we're all doing things similar. I love that. I love that you have a community and I love that kind of the ethos of that is like, there's enough to go around for everyone. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it's also just nice for creators, for artists to have people to bounce ideas off of. Cause I feel like a lot of times, One of the things that I see a lot is artists are creating in isolation and Mm -hmm. they get in their heads because they don't have the sounding board and feedback, you know? So really happy to know that you, you have some of that in your life. Yeah. There's like a group of 12 of us from all over the country. We're actually getting together in October to finally meet, but we'll share documents with each other. Oh, I got this from my lawyer. You should use this. So it's like, it's just such a great place to share wins and losses and say like, how can we bounce back from that? That's really cool. So one little side question, you have an Instagram, you have two Instagram accounts and I one do. is called Lacey does. And that's my you, business. Yep. Okay. So can you explain, cause I was reading it on your website, but I think it's a great little story why you came up with that phrase Lacey does. So originally, like I said, my business was Hennessy in the home and Lacey does was born out of three real main things. One, Hennessy in the home was really long to sign on a mural. <laughs> and Hennessy's my last name and no one can spell it correctly. There's two E or three E's, two N's, two S's, lots going on. And so I was kind of at a turning point where I, I wasn't really in the home anymore either. I had started originally, I had a a pillow line at one point, I was doing a lot of things that were home goods. Um, and I just needed something broader and Lacey Hennessy again, still incorporates Hennessy. It's just really long, but Lacey does was born from people kept, that kept saying, we'll see if Lacey does it because I was a yes person and I was doing anything and everything. And I still love it when people come to me and say, I'm trying to figure out how to do X, Y, Z, or I want this in my house or I'm doing an event. And I've just always had a creative spirit in that way of like, let's, you know, make something out of nothing. So Lacey does has just been born in and down my goals further down the line are to have a product line again. And it would just be all Lacey does travel. Lacey does home goods. Lacey does whatever. And now I position it with my brands too. So if I'm working with um, a client, you know, it, for you to be like Lacey does tiny Buffalo, you know, so it's a great way for me to incorporate my brand with whatever I'm working on. That's brilliant. I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. So switching gears a little bit. I love to ask artists why they think people should own art. And 
you know, a lot of times it's seen as a luxury item, not necessary. Uh, I have a dissenting opinion, but (laughs) I would love to know what you think art adds to a personal space and maybe a quality of life. Yeah, for me, it's memories. It's symbolic. And it sometimes it's just a feeling when I see something and I'm like, oh my gosh. And why do you have that feeling? Because it reminds you of something probably pretty positive, right? So for me, um, because I'm a traveler, everywhere I go, I get something tiny, something handmade. And it, people always think of art as something you have to hang on the wall. It could be a sculpture, you know, it, everything in life, if you look around, is designed by someone. So you can really look at art in numerous ways of, you know, anything that's designed, even a bag, you know, if there's something symbolic on it. But for me, everything in my house that I have, and I have quite a collection, it's just representative of me. You know, during COVID, I looked around my house and I was like, who lives here? Because everything was really dark and drab. And I was like, no, I'm, you know, we're so worried about I think especially women designing our houses to, for the, for the next person that lives there, you know, we're like, Oh, we need the next, that market. That, if you paint that wall, no, the next owner. And Amen. it's like, why are we worried? Why are we worried about who's going to live here next? So if you come into my house, there is like the, and I rent, there is an orange and white, like crazy mural on one wall. And I remind people, especially with murals, it's just paint, paint over it, but enjoy yeah. the space that you live in. And I think art does that, whether it's big or small or a print, you know, you don't always have to buy an original from an artist to support them. Um, but yeah, I think it's a collection of memories and things that just bring you joy. Can you describe a couple of pieces of art you've bought in the past and why you bought them? Yes. My, um, like, mother of all art pieces in my house is this massive 72 inch by 48 inch painting of Kim Hasseld, actually, who you've had on your show. And she, it is so colorful, every color you could possibly imagine. Um, but for me, not only is it a beautiful like floral piece, it sits in my kitchen, I get to see it all the time, but I have created a great friendship with Kim. She's a fellow artist who I've been able to bounce ideas off. And you know, we are many years apart by age and have just really developed a friendship of transparency and we meet every January to talk about our goals for the year. And it's just the piece for me is not only something I'll have forever that will always look great in my home, but more about my journey as an artist and where I was when I met Kim and where I am now. So it's just a piece that I, I cherish. And then my mother is a, um, a budding painter who is insanely talented and does not understand how great she is. So I have pieces of hers all <laughs> over the house. And again, places I've traveled, I pick up little watercolor prints and things like that. So it's very eclectic. Where, what's your favorite place you've ever been to? Oh gosh, Greece is my favorite country, but last year I went to French Polynesia and spent some time in Tahiti and Bora Bora. And I, I'm a single woman, but I was like, this is why people come on their honeymoon here. It is just everything you want in a trip, luxury, but island you can go like off-roading like it was just everything it was awesome triple oh, the lights awesome so lastly i like to to save this for last because it is a very important aspect of owning an art business making sales right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but with that said what has been working for you from a sales perspective and can you see maybe an arc from 2016 to now and what's changed 
Yeah, I would say the best way to be salesy is not to be a salesman. <laughs> you know, like um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. One of them I listen to is Gary Vee. And he always like has commented on how like if you have a sales team, you're doing marketing wrong. Because if you're marketing yourself correctly, you won't you won't have to worry about being having a sales team. And I've always thought that was interesting. So I've taken the kind of sales approach as, and I've been very fortunate. I, a lot of my business comes directly to me. I very rarely have to do outreach. And that is because of how I've built my social media following. And it doesn't happen overnight, but um, I record every single thing I do. Like if, if I'm painting I, and not long verse, like people think it's very, oh, I can't put together a video. No, you if you have an iPhone or any phone these days has a time-lapse button, Record six seconds, keep painting, do whatever you want to do. Pick up another color, record six seconds. And I don't really edit anything. I just select each in individual video clip, drop it into a reel or a TikTok, and I go on my way. And people, it looks bigger than it is, right? So I always just try to market myself. I wear t-shirts with my name on it, especially when I'm traveling. And you just never know an opportunity Um is in front of you if you're not talking about yourself and talking to people. And I understand that a lot of people have find that really difficult or they think they're boasting or maybe they just have a shy personality, which I certainly don't, which has been, <laughs> which has been helpful. But I always say, if you want people to support your business, you have to support it. You know, you have to be talking about if you, no one's going to come to a party if they're not invited. So you have to oh, invite love that. Yes. Yeah, you have to, you have to invite people into your business. And I just think it's really important to, as an artist, especially if you're just making art, you're still a brand. So building that brand about you. And another great tip that I've learned off listening to Gary Vee is that pick five things about yourself that you want everyone to know. And you don't have to share your, all this personal information on your Instagram, but make sure every time you're talking about something, you're picking one of those five. So you, you hadn't met me and you knew that I like to travel, you know, oh, you saw my Lacey does. And, and my story. So there's always like things about your origin or like what you want people to know. Obviously you can look at mine and know she loves color. Mm -hmm. Oh, she probably loves the color pink. She wears pink all the time, you know, like, so just little things. And before you know it, you have this following of people who think that they really know you, that they're friends with you and they trust you. And that's really all you need of, in my opinion, for the sales process. I do, I do do outreach and I have a pitch deck about myself that I share with people. That's a really good, colorful pictorial summary of me. Um, but like I said, I've been very fortunate by the way I've done things online that have really brought me the business. I'm really glad you brought up the word trust because not just for artists, but for any small business owner, you know, um, you have to, and it almost means that you kind of have to be in it for the long run, like, cause trust doesn't build overnight, right? But mm -hmm. the more transparent you are, which you're really good at, and the more, like you're saying, you're talking about those five things, the more people are gonna keep coming back to hear more from you. And it builds this sort of, people buy from people, right? They, right. and so you're building this like, no trust factor. That's important actually for, any business owner. And I was just, I, I have a group program. I was running it, uh, I think Tuesday night, and we were talking about this, um, how important building trust is. And a lot of times, um, at least some of the artists that I come across don't like showing their face. They can be 
a little bit on the shire side because they're introspective and things like that. And, you know, I've made Kim Kardashian into a verb, which I'm really proud of, but I'm always like, you don't have to Kim Kardashian it, right? <laughs> but you do need to be a person that somebody's mm -hmm. going to buy from. And so you do need to show your face, you know, every now and then at least. And well, stories and are a great way to do that too. Just hopping on, showing behind the scenes because all of that little by little is building trust. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be your face. I, I gave us a, a talk for the entrepreneur group at Clemson and there was a kid who was in a pottery class and his teacher as part of the assignment was like, you need to build senior year a um, social media presence around your pottery and he was like i'm really shy don't do anything but he has this really unique haircut and he always it's a like parted down the middle and he always has each side dyed a different color i said that's your stick i said it's it has nothing to do with you but if you're if the video is behind you and you're on the pottery wheel you that's how people will know oh that guy right with right crazy, right right crazy hair mm -hmm. who does pottery and you never have to show your face. I follow another girl on TikTok who I don't know what she looks like and I never hear her voice, but every video she posts is the same song across the board. She never changes the song. Hmm. And that's how I recognize her work and put two and two together. So I always tell people it doesn't necessarily have to be some boisterous personality, but if you're consistent in the way you do something like that can be your thing that supplements that you're an artist. Yep. It, it helps people make more connection points with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much for just coming to talk to me today. I really appreciate getting to have this conversation with you. I appreciate it. I love talking about stuff like this. Obviously, it's become an obsession. And I think that's what also has worked for me. I never turned it off. Well, I think you have a lot of wisdom to share with other artists too. So um, I know they're really going to be encouraged by this episode. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Tune in next week for another Behind the Art conversation. It helps podcasters so much when you leave a review. So please take a minute to do that wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Portrait of an Artist Podcast.